Welcome to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, where we talk about issues facing our Big Island community. Island Conversations, Sunday mornings on KWXX at 6.30 and on B97B93 at 7 a.m. Or listen anytime at kwxx.com. Island Conversations, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916. Now, here's your host and producer, Sherry Bracken. Aloha, good morning. Welcome to Island Conversations. We're on the radio on the Big Island of Hawaii on Sundays on KWXX and B97B93 and the following Friday on KPUA 670 AM in Hilo. And you may always hear Island Conversations as a podcast wherever you get podcasts. There has been concern among some people on the island that there are individuals or groups who are abducting children and or women to the point that some politicians who are in office or running for office have made this a campaign theme. Clearly, this should be a concern to the entire island. So today I have as my guest, Assistant Police Chief Robert Wagner to address these concerns. Assistant Chief Wagner is born and raised in Hilo. He went to St. Joseph's High School. His degree is in criminal justice, and he's had a pretty long career with Hawaii Police Department, I think about 35 years. He's the Assistant Chief for Area 2, West Hawaii. Aloha. Good morning, Assistant Chief Wagner. Good morning, Sherry. Good morning. How many years? 35 years in the Hawaii Police Department. Actually, 34 and one year in in the Maui Police Department. Really? How did you end up in the Maui Police Department? They hired me. So... (laughs) I tried to become a policeman here. I was somewhat of, well, about 50 on the list, and that wasn't good enough. So I took the Maui test, and I was number seven, and uh, so I was hired in Maui. And then you came back? I came back, transferred back. It's called an interdepartmental transfer, and became a policeman for the Hawaii Police Department. Excellent. So Assistant Chief Wagner, what is the procedure when Hawaii Police Department gets a report of a child who is missing for any reason if we're talking about like a legitimate missing child for example like a five-year-old is reported missing and it appears to be legitimate we send all resources to that location to try and locate that juvenile so we'll send our patrol units our cis units jas units vice units cps jas is juvenile aid section cp is community policing cis criminal investigation section and vice is basically our Vice section. We'll send everybody if it's going to help and if it involves like a ground type of search in that particular area. So you basically, it sounds like it's all hands on deck if you get a report of a child, particularly a very young one who's missing. Absolutely. If it appears to be a legitimate call of a missing child, we send everybody. We notify the fire department to assist as well, and the fire department will show up there as well. They'll have ground troops. And they will, at times, fly the county helicopter to do an aerial search of the area. What's the difference between your response if it's that kind of situation, a five-year-old child who clearly probably wouldn't run away, although my brother ran away at five and he got to the corner and had to come back because he wasn't allowed to cross the street. But I'm sure that most five-year-olds don't actually run away. But what's the difference in your response if it appears the child is a runaway versus something else? And how do you determine that? Well, a missing child is is rare. You need to expedite it because it's extremely dangerous for, a, for example, a five-year-old to be out there without their parents. You have no idea what happened to that child. Maybe they need help. Maybe they fell in a lava tube or whatever the case may be. So it's really important to expedite the saving of that five-year-old. Now, for a runaway report, it's really common for us to take runaway reports. We have a, 
I believe, 196 runaway reports taken this year. So it's a common event that occurs in our department. The majority of our runaways reports on our island are repeat offenders. 67% of all runaway reports we took this year involve repeat offenders, juveniles that ran away from home before. And these are things that the parents already know. They know that the kid has run away? We usually know it really quick. We have a computerized system. We know when a kid has run away before. We actually, at times, have had contact with this juvenile before. We know more or less our steady customers, per se, and we do have a lot of kids that repeat. But do the parents actually tell you that the child has run away? Yeah, at times they do. They volunteer that information. It's not always the parents. It could be the intern home where they house troubled youths. It could be a foster home. Usually they know the history of that particular child. If they don't, it doesn't take much for us to find out. And a lot of times before we even get there, our dispatcher may be looking on the computer and can tell us, hey, it looks like it's it's that person's fourth time, fifth time, whatever it is. Regardless of it being the fourth or fifth time, we look into the circumstances of that reported runaway. We don't assume automatically, oh, that person has run away before and now has run away again. When a child is a runaway, what do you do? Do you search for them or just assume they'll eventually come home? Or what's the procedure for that kind of thing? So we just get as much information as we can, the description of the child, the locations that juvenile may be at, and then we conduct checks for that juvenile. And like I said, we have a lot of reported runaways, but at any given time, we'll, we'll actually only have 10 to 20 active runaway reports. So, I mean, I mentioned 196. Out of that 196, I believe about at least 180 of them have been closed already. As of, uh, let me see, Tuesday, we had 14 active runaway reports. And how old are these kids typically, the ones who run away? It tends to be more the teenage years, 13 to 17 in that that zone. That seems to be the predominant age for runaways. How many actual missing children are on the Hawaii Police Department books right now? Meaning not a runaway, but somebody who literally you just have no idea where that child is. So we just have that one case that's active in Hilo with Benny Raposa. He was a six-year-old autistic youth who had a fascination for water. They were living next to the ocean down at the Kilkaha area. That child is still listed as a missing person. We don't suspect any foul play involved in that. When Benny Raposa went missing, Hawaii Police Department, Hawaii Fire Department conducted extensive searches and enlisted the community in that as well. And just this last week, I believe that Captain Greg Estevan put out an alert saying that there is a video circulating on social media that some people say is little Benny Raposa, but it's clearly not. Yeah, we have to constantly deal with the problems we're having with social media with putting out information that's incorrect. We, We constantly have to battle that. Well, one thing that Captain Esteban said in that release is that doing that was pretty hurtful to the family. You mentioned runaway children. Do you have a sense as to where these children are running away from? The runaways are more predominant on the east side. Puna seems to have a lot. Hilo follows behind. We do have on the west side runaways as well. I mean, every district has runaways. But population-wise, for the amount of runaways we have, yeah, it seems to be more on the east side of the island. And why they run away, I mean, there's various reasons. I think you can't just clump them all together. Every kid is different. You just look at each case and try to figure out what happened with that juvenile. 
Well, you've obviously investigated some of these. What are some of the reasons that you can tell us why kids run away? It could be they don't agree with the parents. It could be they could be in foster homes and they don't like being at that particular home. We get a lot of runaways from the interim home, so those are troubled youths to begin with. We have Department of Human Services that, you know, at times they're forced to take away kids from parents, and those kids end up in foster homes running away as well because they don't want to be there. So there's a, lot, there's a lot of different scenarios relative to why a, a juvenile runs away. But once they start running away, it does seem to be repetitive and almost unstoppable because they keep doing it again and again and again and again. And, you know, I mean, I've been a policeman a long time. Maybe if you go back in time, when these kids ran away for, say, 10, 20 times, they would take these kids and they would actually take them to the um, juvie hall, I guess you could call it, in Oahu, the, the youth center, and they would actually um, hold them in detention to try and reform them. But nowadays, it pretty much seems it's very repetitive as a policeman. Maybe it's, I don't know if it's, it's frustrating, of course. A runaway will run away, we'll pick that person up again, and then in a day or two, they'll run away again. And maybe next week, we'll pick them up again, the same kid, and then in a week or two, they run away again. It's just constantly occurring. Have we had reports here on Hawaii Island of children being abducted by strangers? I can't think of a case where any child was abducted by a stranger. I was a sergeant in Puna years back, maybe in 2001, when a seven-year-old girl was actually grabbed from the street, taken into an abandoned home, and she was killed by a 14-year-old neighbor boy. That was the closest I can remember of an abduction that I was involved in. I'm not familiar with any other abductions that occurred on our island. Years ago, wasn't there one girl who was killed down on the Kona side at the end of the road by some man? I don't know if it was an acquaintance or not an acquaintance. Uh, we had, I think her name was Janelle Auna. Is that the one you're referring to? Killed at the end of the world maybe 20 years ago. Tad Mason? Yeah, that was involved. Tad Mason was involved, implicated in that. That juvenile was not abducted. That juvenile was a runaway and just just fell into the wrong crowd. Hmm. Well, yeah, just fell into the wrong crowd. Well, that's a sad case. It's a very sad case. Very sad case. Does Hawaii County have access to and use what's called the Miley Amber Alert System? And if so, tell us what it is, what it's used for, when you would activate it, how often you activate it. Just give us the whole rundown on the Miley Amber Alert System. So Miley Amber Alert System is basically the same thing, exact same thing as the Amber Alert System. In Hawaii, we just named it the Miley Amber Alert System after Miley Gilbert, who passed away on Oahu in the 80s. She was abducted and passed away. So we added that name in her memory to create our Miley Amber Alert System in Hawaii. The Amber Alert System basically is a broadcast that's similar to that of when there's an emergency by the civil defense. So a broadcast is put out with the information that's available to try and locate a child that was abducted. There's some requirements. The Amber Alert requirements are that the person abducted has to be a juvenile. The police have to have information to indicate that that child was abducted. The child is believed to be in some form of danger. And lastly, that there's information available that will help the public and the police as well locate that suspect, such as vehicle the suspect was using. Some information that when we put out a broadcast is going to help everybody understand how they can assist us in trying locating this juvenile. 
How often has Hawaii County Police Department needed to use the Miley Amber Alert System? I'm not actually familiar with any time that that has ever been used in the state of Hawaii. Really? So, yeah. There was never a time in the last 34 years on, on our island that it has been used. You just think about it. You're talking about an event that is extremely rare, abduction of a child. It does happen on the mainland. Of course it does happen. That is something that could happen here as well. But it's an extremely rare event. So the fact that we've never used that system is not totally surprising to me. I was told by our juvenile aid section that the last time nationwide it was used was in January of this year. So that you know tells me that it is rare. I mean, for the whole entire United States, the last time in January, that's pretty. Uh, that's a rare event. Not necessarily an abduction of a child is a rare event, but the activation of an Amber Alert. What I've read about on the mainland sometimes is children being abducted by actually a family member, sometimes a parent when there's a divorce involved and there's a custody issue. And I don't know if that ever results in an Amber Miley kind of alert. Yeah, well, child kidnapping is much more common than an Amber Alert. Okay, yes. so what's the difference? Child kidnapping. To In order to broadcast an Amber Alert, you have to actually have those set of occurrences where it's a juvenile, the person was abducted, there's reason to believe that person is in danger, and then you have information on the suspect. A lot of time, if you have family-type um, disputes, so maybe the, the father takes them, they're missing some of the elements in there, like the child being in danger. So it doesn't qualify for an Amber Alert. And then also when sometimes a kid is taken, we have no idea who took that juvenile. It wouldn't qualify for an Amber Alert. And just a brief interruption to remind you, this is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Thank you for being with us. Today I'm talking with Assistant Police Chief Robert Wagner about how Hawaii County Police Department handles reports of missing or abducted women and children and how much we have of that here on the island. Next week we're talking with some health professionals from Kaiser Permanente about the Kaiser approach to COVID-19 with Chief Nurse Executive Kate Roche, with the lab director Larry Shima, and with Lloyd Tanaka, who's the Hawaii Island Manager. And before we return to our conversation, a word from KTA Superstores. At KTA, local and fresh means you get the very best Hawaii Island has to offer. The grass-fed meats you find at KTA are raised without added hormones or antibiotics. Our seafood department is stocked with sustainable choices caught in local waters by local fishermen. KTA carries the largest selection of Hawaii Island homegrown produce. Our mountain apple brand is all local so you know it's fresh and delicious. Local and fresh always tastes best at KTA. And now back to Assistant Police Chief Robert Wagner. Now, I want to move on to the reports of missing or abducted women or adults. But before we leave children, is there anything about children that you would like to add? I would just say the perspective of the police department, the main concerns we have is more with when runaway children get involved with the wrong sort of people. I guess our biggest fear that we have is when a female runaway gets involved in drugs. It seems to be always connected to drugs. So they get involved in drugs, next thing you know, they're selling themselves for drugs. So that's more or less what we have encountered recently as being a fear factor for these kids. I would say that that then moves into the area of sex trafficking, right? Where the girls, or boys perhaps, but probably more often girls, are doing something in order to get money to support their habit. You know, I mean, when you use the word trafficking, that word, that definition there, 
A lot of people don't understand that definition. I mean, originally the definition of trafficking had more to do with bringing in females from a foreign country, holding on to their visas, making them work for their visa, and making them exchange sex for in order to pay them back. So it's totally evolved what the definition of sex trafficking is. Our state has a sex trafficking section now. So, for example, what qualifies for sex trafficking is if, for example, a runaway gets involved with the wrong people and she sells herself for sex, that is classified as sex trafficking. Simply because she's a female and then you're paying for that sex, that's offensive sex trafficking. I don't know if it's properly worded because people get confused with the word trafficking, but that's what more likely we would encounter. So does Hawaii Police Department try to address those issues as they find them? Yes, we do initiate cases when those arise. We do. It's, it's, again, that's pretty, it's rare as well, but that does occur on our island. Yes, it does. One thing you told me in one of our previous conversations as we were leading up to this was that Hawaii County Police Department has perhaps changed its terminology when they put out an alert relative to a child who is no longer at the home he he or she belongs in, that there's a difference between missing and runaways, and that one time you called runaways runaways, and then you called them missing, and tell us about the history of that, because I believe that that has led people to have thoughts about how Hawaii County Police Department handles children, teenagers usually, who are runaways. But tell me about that. Yeah, so I don't know the exact history, but it had to do with the police department previously classified runaways as runaways in media releases. So they would put it out, runaway, like we're doing actually now. But if you go back a few months, we were actually classifying runaways as missing persons. So you're going to have to go way back in history for our department my understanding is it occurred when a runaway turned up um, dead. Yeah, and I believe it had something to do with the Janelle Auna case in Kona because she was this is a runaway. So the thought process was if we put out a runaway listed in the media as a missing person, people would look at it and they would treat it more seriously and actually look out for this kid because it's a missing person versus there's no sense of urgency when we put it out as a runaway. That was our intent, which seemed to work pretty good until recently it seemed to backfire on us because now everybody thinking these kids are are missing when in a sense they're runaway. So we just changed it back to the runaway terminology. Okay, thank you. I get what you say that people might think the police department would treat it less seriously if it's Mm -hmm. a runaway versus actual missing kid, but if you know sort of more or less where they are. Yeah, not the police department, the public. Ah, the public. Yeah, the public. They will see (laughs) the term runaway and say, oh, it's just a runaway versus, oh, it's a missing person. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now on the topic of missing people, what is the procedure for Hawaii County Police Department when they get a report of a missing adult? And I know that I've seen several such reports in recent years. Oftentimes people who come here on vacation or have lived here and their family elsewhere can't locate them. Tell us about what a missing adult procedure is when you get a report. So a missing persons report for adult, it differs depending on the circumstances. They're basically all different. But basically the officer will go to wherever that report is occurring and take that report, initiate a report, initiate an APB for that individual and we try and locate who that we try to locate that missing person. So basically that's but everyone is different. I mean for example this year presently we have five active missing persons. 
cases. We've taken more than that, but there's only five people not located. Four out of the five were either fishing or diving. You know, so we think they, you know, they succumb to the ocean. You know, so, so each one is different. That that would be different than, uh, for example, somebody calling from the mainland and can't locate a, a loved one, and that person last lived in say Kona. They call, say, can you find that person? So everyone is every case is different. One of the scary things that's being put out there these days, and I hate to mention social media because I know how you feel about it, but one of the scary things is that women are being abducted. What does Hawaii County Police Department know about women who have been abducted? You know, I mean, it's hard to battle what people believe in the information they're being given in social media. It's hard to convince people otherwise. I'm not going to even do that. I'm just going to tell you that... This year, we have no reports of any missing females this entire year. Last year, we had two females reported missing out of, I think, a total of 12 people. That's still active. The rest are all men. So there's two females that are missing as of last year. But if you look at the two females, one is Courtney Maria. She's young. She's 18. She didn't check in with her probation officer. So the probation officer made a missing persons report. She also has a $25,000 warrant for her arrest. This is in November 2019. She was located in February, but they didn't clear out the missing persons report because we didn't physically talk to her. But she was um, shoplifting at KTA Pointical. She's still outstanding. We don't think for a second that she was abducted. She's still out there with a $25,000 warrant. And I actually spoke to Hilo about that, and they said the family is not worried about her. So the report wasn't made by the family. It was made by her probation officer. The other one we have was, uh, last name was Rios, 24 years old, reported missing by the father. Father hadn't spoken to her for 10 months, thought she was in California, called California, and found out that she was no longer in California. So he believed that she may have been turned back to our island, but we have not located her yet. So those are two missing persons, females from last year is still outstanding. If you go to 2018, there was only two as well. I think one of them was Deborah Wiley. Yeah, that was a sad so, case. She has Alzheimer's and wandered away from home. Yes, yes, yes. So that's a prime example of every case is different. So we don't have these reports. So if, if people are believing that women are being abducted, then all I can say is if that's happening, it's not being reported to the police as a missing persons. I just want to mention, by the way, that the Hawaii County Fire Department does have a system where people who have Alzheimer's and might be prone to wandering from home, the fire department can actually fit them with a bracelet with a GPS tracker that will allow them to be located should they wander. So if anybody's listening and they might have that situation in their family, they should contact Hawaii County Fire Department. Yes, I mean, that is a very, that's an outstanding program. I think that there's one problem with it, though. The person wearing it can take it off. Yeah, and so, I know that's what happened in the case of Ms. Wiley. Yeah, yeah. So that's the only downfall of that. But yeah, that's, it is a good, absolutely good program. Yeah. Yes. Okay, now I want to ask you to address something. There are, as I said, several political candidates and some people who are in office who believe women are being abducted from places like Home Depot, Target, Lowe's, Walmart, that the potential abductors mark their cars with either blue painter's tape or zip ties or fold back the rearview mirrors, and then they abduct these women somehow. They take them down to YPO Valley. 
a boat comes into YPO Valley and takes them away to some unknown place. Tell us what you know about this actually happening. Yeah, so we, we're familiar with that, those type of scenarios on social media. We do investigate those types of allegations that are occurring on social media. We actually looked into that down YPO Valley as well. We went down there, we talked to people down YPO Valley. It's one thing about YPO Valley that we know that we believe is the people down YPO Valley knows what's happening down YPO Valley. Okay, so there's no reports of any caged women down YPO Valley or any boats coming in there with Zodiacs taking women out. And uh, I mean, I don't know who these women would be to begin with because we don't have missing person reports for for juveniles, I mean, for, for adult women. And if you're taking them from Home Depot, those are local people, wouldn't they... Re- make a missing persons report for somebody that's from our island. Tourists don't visit Home Depot. They usually go to Walmart, though. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff happening in Walmart for tur- tourists over there. So, But, yeah, that's the only thing is we don't, we don't have missing women. That's what's missing in that equation there, you know. But um, And I hear other talks that it's, it's like maybe it's a group that's just not very good at their job and haven't succeeded yet, and anything's possible. I mean, anything's possible. But if you look at nationwide, generally, the practices of a criminal, it usually doesn't involve kidnapping people from a populated zone area like that, like a parking lot that has a lot of people. I go to Home Depot pretty often. That is a very busy store in Hilo. That's my favorite store, actually. But that's a very busy store in Hilo. Assistant Chief Wagner, I actually looked up the reports of people, even on the mainland, putting zip ties on women's cars to somehow mark them. And I found several reports that this is an I'll use the term urban myth, but it started in San Angelo, Texas in, I think, 2018 or early 2019, something like that. And the San Angelo Police Department investigated it, said there was no credibility, and it's kind of spread. But I've also looked up on several of those fact-checking websites, Snopes, PolitiFact, etc., and they all say that's just false, which is probably good for the people who sell zip ties so they don't feel like they're product is being used in a bad way. Anyway, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. I also appreciate understanding that you actually went down to YPO Valley to check it out, because I know that, number one, it'd be a little hard to bring a boat into YPO Valley, but that the community there is pretty tight and very much aware of who's coming down that treacherous road. Yeah, they're a very tight community of their day. I mean, they don't know everything that's going on in the valley, but they have a pretty good grasp of what's going on that's occurring over there, yes. Good. And I just want to interject that there was a mayor candidate, Mikey Glendon, and some of his associates who were arrested for making up an incident at Home Depot, blocking the exits on July 7th, saying that there was somebody who had put zip ties on the girlfriend's car and were trying to abduct her. That was not true. Assistant Chief Robert Wagner, is there anything else we should know about missing, abducted, people or anything you would like to add before we say aloha just keep your kids safe you know even if any of this is not true you still have to do what you have to do as parents keep your your kids safe watch their phones you know you got to pay attention to their phones that's their bread and butter now every kid has a phone and everything is their phone but there's a lot of apps that you got to look at and say what are what are these apps the doj the department of justice has a list of apps that you can you can uh, look at They'll tell you what those apps are, and you can kind of compare them to your child's phone to see who are they communicating on that particular app because there's a lot of chatting apps. A lot of them are connected to uh, GPS tracking. 
or geographical locators. In other words, they are communicating with your kids knowing that your kids live nearby or on the same island. If you want to try and entice a kid, the best way nowadays would be through their cell phone. So just pay attention to, to that. That's a really good point. Thank you for that. We always see on TV that the FBI gets called in when there are cases of, I guess, children, adults being taken across state lines or whatever. Under what circumstances does the Hawaii County Police Department work with the FBI or other outside agencies in the case of anybody missing? And do you have good access? Because I know that one political candidate mentioned that she was going to contact the FBI, and I just assume that the Hawaii County Police Department has a pretty direct path. Yeah, the FBI does not, well, has never in my career got involved in any cases to do with child abduction. But then again, there's no child abduction cases for them to get involved with. They pretty much don't get involved in anything locally. We partner with them, maybe not necessarily the FBI, maybe HSI. Well, I mean, What is HSI? Homeland Security. So we get involved with them more with drugs, out-of-state drugs coming in from different states. We get more involved in them with that, but not this type of, yeah, I mean, because it's really not something that has come up. Assistant Police Chief Robert Wagner, thank you so much for your time. Aloha. Hey, thank you, Sherry. And a huge thank you to you, our audience, for being with us for this conversation with Assistant Police Chief Robert Wagner. And if you're on the Big Island, pay attention when political candidates or politicians use these kinds of scary incidents that may not exist. And it's good to get a factual update from Assistant Chief Robert Wagner. This is Island Conversations. I'm Sherry Bracken. Until next time, please, let's all live and drive with aloha. Ahoi ho. Thank you for listening to Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, available anytime at kwxx.com. We welcome your feedback and suggestions at info at kwxx.com. Join us next week for another Island Conversations with Sherry Bracken, brought to you by KTA Superstores, where you're someone special every day since 1916.